Turn to Haggai chapter 1. What's the Old Testament song? we learn in impact. <laughs> if you were listening, Haggai is very close to the end. Go to Matthew and turn left. Just a few pages. Yeah. Very small. Go to Matthew and turn left. You know, the Lord just, I don't know if you know this, but the Lord has us ministering to people all over the place. Yeah. Uh, in the last few months, we have been in multiple states. Uh, we've ministered overseas by video to uh, in Gabon, Africa. Um, we just, just spoke there the other day. Uh, we're ministering at the drive-in theater of all places. Uh, Nicole sent a picture to her mom, and she said, Look, Mom, I made it to the big screen. <laughs> and uh, her mom you know, had a great response. Well, remember me when those riches roll in. Amen. And uh, so, yeah, that's what moms are for, you know. And uh, so anyway, we've been in Indiana, New Hampshire, Florida, two different places, Columbia, South Carolina, Pennsylvania, the Outer Banks, ministering just in the last few months. And uh, this is, you know, a lot of people are seeing what's happening here at Boomerang, the fire that you have, the culture of hunger and humility that you have, uh, the passion for winning souls, and they're saying, I want what you have. Uh, well, okay, great, we know how we got here, and the Lord's having us uh, to lead those things. Um, already got invitations for next year coming in. Kickstart is coming up with Brother Tracy Harris. Amen. Kickstart is February 6th through the 10th. Uh, if you've never been to that, you're in for a treat. There's going to be people flying in from all over a week long, kicking off our year and starting our year where it needs to start. It's going to be awesome. And uh, Brother Tracy Harris, a spiritual dad, and uh, it's just going to be great. Amen. And uh, so then we have, there's so many things. We're doing the daily broadcast. So every weekday, uh, we're actually, uh, we have a, the Lord will give us a fresh daily word. I mean, it's also, this week, I wasn't expecting to do a series, but this week we talked about finding and fulfilling your destiny and your purpose. Yeah. Finding and fulfilling your destiny and purpose. And it was phenomenal. It was just really, really good. And uh, quite a series, because a lot of people struggle with that. They want to know. I'm telling you, it was an on-time word. It was a word from heaven for this body now. And no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, if you're alive on this earth, you still have a destiny and you still have a purpose. Amen? And so uh, we went into that. It was just the anointing was there. We've, we've been seeing that so much. I mean, every day is just carrying with an anointing. And that's a broadcast every weekday on YouTube. And uh, if you haven't connected with that, please do. Uh, we're believing for subscribers there. We're going to have a Christmas party on that on December 20th. Uh, we're going to give away over thousands of dollars. There you go. And we're giving away over you know, thousands of dollars of, of gifts away to people. And uh, just very excited to do that. It's going to be a great, great time. Uh, our Christmas party that we have is one of the most viewed of the whole year. And uh, people will just get on there, and we have, a, we have a lot of fun. So get ready for that. You actually have a chance to win $1,000 if you invite somebody to subscribe to the channel and they come on and say such and such, you know, invited me and I subscribed. You get a drawing in there for a $1,000 gift. And uh, so that's, that's what's happening right now. God's just growing it. He's building it. He's doing great and mighty things. And that's all that 
before I say that there's people and homes in here that are being touched, lives that are going up. I hear it all the time. It's like, Pastor, I never knew this stuff. I've never seen, I've never seen how real God wants to be in my life. I've never received His love like I'm receiving it now. I've never received the joy and the glory of God like I'm receiving it now. I just, it's just amazing. It's just people that have found family and they found the love of God and the power of God and a people that will stand with them and grow with them and be who they want to be. And they're learning how to live in a very practical, victorious life. They're learning how to take ground from the devil. They're, they're seeing how to have healing. We, you know, seen cancer healed and diabetes and Parkinson's and fibromyalgia and all of this stuff healed. Done. All the time. All the time. All the time. This, this is what's just happened here. Getting ready to plant a church in Troy. And we're just going to do this all over again. Over there. All over there. That's what's happening. There's so much stuff happening. It's alive. It's a church that's alive and growing and doing these awesome things. There's, you know, one of the things that's really struck me is that I'm, I'm getting phone calls on a regular basis saying, do you know of a church like Boomerang over here? Do you know of a church, do you know of a church like Boomerang in, in this city, in that city, and things like that? And, and, I mean, you were up in New York, and what did they say? Hi. Um, a woman who has uh, a friend of mine, a family friend, um, she, she has a friend also who has Huntington's and lives in North Carolina, and she wanted to know how far Boomerang was, because yeah. she said if only her friend could make it to a church like Boomerang, Amen. that terminal diagnosis that she has, she, she knew that there could be hope there. Glory to God. That's in New York. So what I'm saying is when you have a fire of God, people start to take notice. Now, it also runs off people that don't want the fire. You know, if you don't want the fire and you come close to the fire, it's kind of like, ah, no. Right. And uh, and we are in a society that has really not promoted the fire of God and not promoted those things. And so, but it's our job. Our job is not to see that and go, oh, well, I guess we're just never going to have any, a lot of people. No, Proverbs 14, 28. Pull that up if you would, Proverbs 14, 28. It says that in a lack, in a lack of people is the prince's ruin, but in a multitude is the king's glory. So God says this. He, he says in Proverbs 14, 28, that there should be a multitude because our king deserves to get glory, yeah. right? Amen. So that means we as a people, we put faith on those things. We're believing right now for every Sunday, our first step, every Sunday over a hundred adults in the sanctuary. Every Sunday. And we're not far from that now, but we want to see that every Sunday. That there's over a hundred adults in the sanctuary every Sunday. Listen, that's not just for Pastor Nicole and I to believe for, that's for the body to believe for, right? That's for us to say, hey, this is our church. This is where God planted us. Let us take some spiritual responsibility. Lord, we believe for that. We believe for that increase in Jesus' name. When we do that, we tap into something, right? We're, we're believing for the things of God to grow, for the power of God, God to grow in every person. It's not just, we're going to see something in that this morning, I believe, where the power of God is designed to be in every person, not just the pastor, not just the pastor. This is why we want life groups to be going. Our life groups are growing. Our life groups are excited. We're having to split them up, and they don't want to split up. There's too many people at some of the life groups. The other day, they told me at uh, the Bucks life group, they had like 20, 25 people there at one of the life groups. It was like a few weeks ago. It was like 20, with everybody that was there, somebody was counting. (laughs) Amen. And uh, Julie went, man, amen. And I went, glory to God. Glory to God. You know, you want to see this type of growth. You want to see this type of excitement. But it's our job to take responsibility and faith for those things. 
right? It's our job. I want you to see this in Haggai, or Haggai, as some people say. Look at verse 3, and I'm going to read this. Let's do this in the New Living, actually. I want to read this to you in the New Living because it, it'll make simpler sense. Haggai 1 and verse 3. I want you to see this. Now, the Lord's going to give a rebuke here to the body and to the church in Haggai. But one of the things that I want you to see is not, this is one of the most giving churches I've ever seen in my life. But I want you to see the heart of God. I want you to see here. And he says, the Lord sent this message through the, the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? And so one of the things that he says here, and I'm, I'm going to show you, read you some more. What I want you to pick out of this is, what is the priority? Remember Matthew 6.33, seek his kingdom, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you, right? Now look at this. I want to show you where the Lord gets them to, but this is where they started out. See, this helps us when we're giving and when we're sowing into the kingdom to make sure our heart is right and our heart is where it needs to be. And if we will keep our heart where we need to be, then we'll never have an issue with what they're having an issue with. And I want you to see this. He says, "Why this is what the Lord of heaven's army says to you. Look at what's happening to you. I'll start at verse 4 again. Why are you living in luxurious houses while the house of God, while my house, lies in ruins? And you see this in the world. Have you ever, and it may have been us. I know it's been Nicole and I at a couple of times in our life, but where you know, we really just looked more to ourselves and our house than we did to the things of God. That we put our things first. We build our house before the Lord's house in that way. You know, we, you know one of the things that I've noticed, I don't know if you know this story or not, but a lot of people have a wrong idea about actually some of the wealth and some of the things like that Brother Copeland has, right? Brother Copeland, if you don't know this, the Lord gave him a word to not go into debt. And he knew this, I'm not building my house first before the kingdom's. So he set to build the ministry. He set to build the ministry. And so when he set to build the ministry and do it debt-free, they didn't build the house. They had a dream house that Miss Glory had planned for. They didn't build that house for like, I think it was 30 or 40 years. She waited for 30 to 40 years before they built that house. They took the word, they took the word as the word. It was the gospel. It was the gospel to them. And they took it. They waited 30 or 40 years. Now, when they built a house, because they had put God's things first, God had blessed them. And when they got around to building the house, they built one more house. God had given it to them. It was awesome. I want you to see this. I know this came up. I saw it earlier this week, and I, I knew a, a more updated number. As of last, last January, January 2021, listen to this. As of January 2021, Brother Copeland has given away over 29 airplanes. Yeah. 29. Wow. Like you're talking about airplanes that can be worth millions of dollars each. Yeah. Not all of them were. Some of them were the smaller prop planes, but 29. Yeah. 29. When they got that land, I want you to see something. They got that land that they're on with the ministry. One of the things that they didn't know, they didn't know that under that land there were gas wells. There were gas wells. That sounds like the glory of God and the wisdom of God and the blessing of God. And then all of a sudden, technology advanced and those gas wells that they didn't know how to tap into, now technology advanced where they could tap into them. Like I'm telling you, that's the blessing of God. That's what happens when you put the house of God first. And people want to complain about how wealthy he is. That's just heaven manifested on earth, which we're supposed to be believing for. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have you checked out what the roads are made of in heaven? 
That's right. I heard it. Gold. Gold. Like, and so I'm not talking about that you are a bad steward and you just waste stuff. I'm talking about God wants you in abundance. And it's not just finances He wants you in abundance. He wants you in abundance in everything. But many times, the reason why we're, we've not been living in abundance is our heart is turned towards this stuff. We'd rather complain about somebody that has something instead of say, how'd they get there? Right? Let me take that heart and make it mine. And so all Brother Copeland did, and I'm going to show you the end result of this, all Brother Copeland did is what is being corrected here. He made sure he had it right in his heart. He says, why are you living in luxurious houses when, while my house lies in ruins? I know since we've started the church, there's so many things. God doesn't mind you having a luxurious house. What he's saying here is, what's got first place to you? What is first place in your heart? His house, and what, listen to this, let me put it this way. What the Lord is up to, or what you're up to. Right? God will, God will just give you stuff. He'll just give you stuff. He'll give you luxurious stuff. And but See, part of the issue is that people just, they don't believe that's true. They don't believe that's true. They don't believe that God's big enough. Why? Because they don't have any examples of it in their life. Because no person has really decided to go after God all in like that. That's been around them. And so their idea and their thinking is just poverty. Their idea is not heaven. Their idea is not the glory of God. Their idea is earthly poverty. And they've accepted the norm of a corrupted earth instead of the norm of a heavenly father that loves them. And they really have no true belief and no true faith that God will just pour out on them. We're going to talk about several things just this morning. They don't have a belief of that stuff. And so because of that, their belief structure and their belief system constantly is saying, that can't be God. Well, it's going to mess up. I just heard somebody recently, and they're like, it's going too well. It's scary, and I know it's about to get attacked. Why are you believing that? Don't believe that. Like, okay, yeah, the devil can attack it, but none of the fiery darts of the enemy are supposed to hit home. He will keep you from all the evil. You're kept from the evil one. He said, I'll leave you in this world. He said, but I'll keep you from the evil one. In John chapter 17. Thousand may fall on the left, ten thousand on the right, but no thing will harm you. These are promises. See, we have this world has gotten into our thinking so much that our mindset is so corrupt. And here's what ends up happening. I can't give the Lord and go after the Lord like this because if I do, I'll never get the house that I'm looking for. I'll never get it. And the issue is they just don't know God. Now, another part of it is they'll have that attitude for like a year or two and then they'll shrink back from it, and they'll drop faith on that stuff, right? Then you have to step into that place and stay there. You have to step in and stay there. And it's, we really have not had a revelation that God is that good. And so because of that, we think, i got to take care of myself. i got to take care of my house. i got to take care of myself. i got to go build my house. i got to go build this. And God doesn't mind you building a house while, while his house being built. What he's after right here is your heart. Where's the heart? Where's the heart? I love David's heart, King David's heart. He gets done. He's been conquering territories, winning all this. So much so that his son is so wealthy, another wealthy king comes up and faints because of everything. She looks around and goes, oh, the queen of, the, queen of Sheba, queen of the south. She comes in, and then she says, I've heard stories. The stories don't do it justice. God has so blessed you and blessed this kingdom. In Genesis chapter 26, now I want you to understand, we're not just talking about money. 
What we're talking about is the blessing of God. Money just happens to be the thing that we can weigh, that we can put a price on, that we can weigh out and see, oh, that really is a blessing. I mean, how are you, gonna, how are you going to exactly count that you are super rich in the glory of God? Well, you'll see some fruit of that, but it's a lot harder to define. But with finances, you can say that's this many dollars, that's that many dollars. So many times the Lord gives a money figure and helps us to understand what he's talking about and how big the blessing is. But money's the small thing. What about the true riches of the kingdom, the anointing of God, the glory of God, all of these things, right? And so God's after our heart. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? So the queen of the south comes up and all of a sudden she's like, she looks around at what Solomon had because King David had procured all these things by the blessing. The blessing is what did it for him. And all of a sudden she goes, oh my gosh. Like, I don't even think she had a catcher. And then it says there was no spirit left in her. She fainted. And then all of a sudden, All of a sudden, you look in Genesis 26 at Isaac, who was also blessed because of his father. He's he's down there. He's just doing business. He's camping in the place. And they come up to him. They're like, you're too strong for us. You're messing up. Basically, what they're saying is, you are messing up our economy. That would be like the mayor of Albemarle coming to you And saying, you just got too much money. You're running everything around here because everybody knows you're the power person. Like, you just got too much. You need to move somewhere else. Go to a bigger city. That's what that happened in. And you know what year that happened in? It didn't happen in the year of a worldly blessing where everybody just like started a new business and became an overnight millionaire. No, there was a famine in the land. There was a famine. See, we've not had faith to really believe this stuff. Now watch this. We're talking about money, but don't stop there. We've not had faith that God will really heal us. God will really strengthen us. God will really give us the overflow that we're looking for. That he'll help us. He'll bring peace. Real peace. Many times... Many times we've not felt that and we've not believed that. Then we've not believed this struggle that I have, it's over. See, we've not believed on that level because we've had so much of the corruption and the corrupted talk of the world chattering in our ear since we could understand what they were saying that we've taken that as gospel instead of the actual gospel And then when we run into a problem, we're like, well, this is just normal. No, it's not normal. The normal of God is that you've got no problems. That even when problems try and come and attack you, God kicks out the legs of every attack. Every one. That every weapon formed against you shall not prosper, but be destroyed. That's reality. That's reality. The devil can try. I kind of like him trying. You know why? He just waits. See, here's the thing. He can try, but if you know who you are in Christ, he's wasting his resources on you. All he's doing is spending money he should have spent somewhere else. Somebody that didn't believe the word. Right? He tries it on you and he tries all his garbage. But no, he's come to the wrong house. He's knocking on the wrong door. I mean, this is the South, you know. This is, you come to the wrong door at some places. Like you're going you're gonna to hear a chatter and it's not going to be the chipmunks. You follow me? And that's what you are in the Spirit. In the name of Jesus and by His blood. And the devil comes up peddling his garbage, peddling his curse, knocking on the wrong door. You've come to the wrong house. Pow! Through the... Pow! God will give me another door. Pow! Shoot him with the faith of God. You've come to the wrong house. Wrong house. You have wasted your effort and your resources because we're putting God here first. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
This is where we're supposed to live. Now, have anybody with me this morning? It's like once you get a hold of this, you get revelation of the devil, try what he wants to. It might be an irritation for a minute, but he's not going to win every fiery dart quenched. No weapon. Not some weapons will, they will prosper against you. No, no weapon. No weapon. Do you know that as zero weapons? Or do you sometimes believe, well, there might be this one that's like giving me a problem. No, no weapon. No weapon. (laughs) Yeah. Hallelujah. Anyway, why are you living in luxurious houses while, while my house lies in ruins? So see, what he's asking here is more, it's a lot bigger than just the house. He's talking about your heart. In other words, if your heart's right, then this is not going to be happening. And a lot of people, their heart is, is like this. Well, I know God told me to get filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues, but I just don't know if I believe that. See, what's happening right here? What's happening is God gave you a command, and you've not had enough um, honor to go and find out if it's actually true and enough honor to actually put your feelings aside and your lack of knowledge and learn something and ask some people that know. It's a command from God. And you can see, well, I'm built... See, here's here's the issue. It's not a physical house. It's It's a house of your reputation. Well, I want to have a reputation, and I go to first whatever church. And we have a church on Main Street. Who gives a rip? You think that's going to get you an award in heaven? It's not going to get you anything. What is going to get you awards in heaven is you heard the command of God and you were obedient and you stopped, put, you stopped putting on pride and you put on humility and hunger. And what's going on right there? You're building the house of your reputation so you'll be known in the community. But Jesus might, might say, I never knew you. This is not a game. He said, you call me Lord, but you don't do anything I say. You don't do anything. And so you can see, see, this is not just talking about physical houses. This is talking about our heart. here's Here's another area. God says, I want you well. I want you healed. I want you whole. Watch this. I want you in joy. I want you enjoy. Is that not how many times does he say that your joy may be full? You go in most American churches, what's their joy look like? Get out of my seat. That's my seat. It's the truth. Y'all are laughing. Why? I know. I've been there too. You're in my seat. I'm so happy to see. You, Justin, let you sit up here this week. Amen. <laughs> so pleased with that. Glory to God. Now, watch this, though. We got something going on. We got an issue, and our joy's being stolen. And the Lord is, is pleading with you. Have faith in me. I got this fixed. Stop worrying about it. Didn't he even say, what did the command Be careful of nothing. Don't worry about anything. Be anxious for nothing, but cast your care on the Lord. It literally means this. Come here, Mark. It literally means this, that when you're carrying a load and you got that load, it says casting your care means to roll the load over. It's like imagine two horses or two donkeys and they're loaded down. They'll pull them up side by side. He'll he'll come beside you and you can take the load and the burden that you're carrying and roll it over on them. So literally, when you're carrying a load, Jesus comes up and he says, hey, cast it on me. And he he takes that, and and Jesus says, I'm I'm the one that's anointed to carry that load. I'm the one that's anointed to carry that burden. Think about this. When he said, cast your care, when he said, cast your care, he literally said, you're not anointed to carry that burden. You're not anointed to carry it on your own. I'm anointed to carry that. Now watch this, but here's what's happening. You come under attack and all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're like, 
And the Lord's pleading with you, receive my salvation. Receive my help. Receive my power to carry your burden and to deal with it and handle it and for it to be gone forever. That's, I'm just paraphrasing the Bible. But we, we've been taught by a corrupted world to sit there and go, Oh, I know, amen, preacher, but... And we won't say the but out loud, but inside that's what we're thinking. Amen, preacher, but... And then if the preacher actually goes and talks to the person later, they're like, man, that was a good word you had this morning, preacher. Like they're starting out holy like they actually listened and believed. But then they're like, but if you knew the actual details of what I'm going through, it's not that simple. No, it is simple. God loved you with an everlasting love. He paid the ultimate price to handle all of your problems. And He even said it in Romans 8.32, if He would give you His Son, how would He not freely, 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 freely with Him give you all things, everything? How in the world would He give you Jesus and not help you with that sickness? How in the world would He give you Jesus and not bring you comfort when you're being attacked? It's not possible. It's not. But well, now watch this. But here's the issue. We are building our own house instead of building the house of God. The house of God says, I don't know how He's going to fix this, but Lord, by faith, I trust You. And I, right now, Lord, it makes no sense to my mind, but right now, I receive Every bit of your salvation, I cast my burden on you. I receive the joy of the Lord, and all of a sudden the frown gets turned upside down, and you got a you got a smile on your face. But is that what we've seen? No, we've seen I gotta protect myself because I'm going through something right now, and you just don't know the details. And I know that was a good message. I know God can do it, but but And what's happening? You're more concerned with your house and the luxuriousness of your house and you protecting yourself and carrying those burdens than you are receiving it God's way and God's house being built in you. And and this is a problem. So you can see this is not just about money. This is about a heart. But what's the heart of God? What is that heart of the Lord? Lord, whatever you want, I'll do. You're first, Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Seek first the kingdom over your attack. Seek first, remember, remember He says this, Rejoice, when? Even when you're attacked? Even when you don't feel like it? It's a command, is it not? Who's our Lord? Our feelings? No, our Lord said rejoice always. He said think only on things worthy of praise, Philippians 4.8. Always. So what are we doing? What are we doing? Whose house are we building? Our house of fleshly comfort or God's house? Okay. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lives in ruins? This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. Look look at what's happening to you. In other words, weigh the fruit now. He's like, listen to me. Listen, I'm I'm telling you this because I love you. Listen. Linda, listen. He says, verse 6, You have planted much, but harvest little. Your fruitfulness is telling on you. Your fruitfulness is telling on you. You planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but you're not satisfied. You drink, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but can't keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting in your pockets filled with holes. 
And look, he says, look at the fruit. He's like, you're working hard, but it's not working. It's not working. Everything, like you, you watch this. This is what he's basically saying. You think you're being godly, but you're missing something. And you can tell by the fruit. You think you're being godly, but you're missing something, and you can tell by the fruit. He says, now, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army... And see, a lot of us... How many people in America that go to churches think they're good? 90%? Like, I mean, they know that they got some stuff to clean up, but overall, like, I'm going to heaven, I'm a good person. You don't believe them? Go out soul winning and ask them where they stand with the Lord. Like, everybody in America, basically, unless they're a complete atheist, thinks they're going to heaven. Especially in the Bible Belt. Yeah. I mean, am I right? Any soul winners? Like you've heard it a hundred. On the scale of one to five, what's your relationship like with the Lord? I'm at least a ten. I'm at least a ten. Everybody, it's the truth. I, like what did we hear the other day? Somebody said, I'm at least a hundred. It's like it's a scale of one to five. Common core math. Golly. Scale of one to five. I'm a hundred and a liar, which means you're not a hundred. Take that. I know math. Just your math tells me that's not true. He says, he said, look at what's happening. See, the issue is, the issue is, The issue is, people think they're okay. Now, when I read verses like this, and I read John chapter 15, and I watch the church feel like they're okay, but they're not actually checking the fruit, I got a major problem with that. If you, we got to be fruit inspectors of our own life. The word says it very plain, judge yourself lest you be judged, Right? And we got to quit thinking we're okay because we did things like everybody else in the church did. I mean, you don't have to raise your hands, but on the inside, answer this question. How long have you gone and seen church people that don't actually look and act like church people? And you know it, but they don't know it. And they thought they were doing something, and then you get in a real church that's really alive and challenging your flesh, and all of a sudden you start growing leaps and bounds, right? It's time to quit playing mental games with ourselves and judging ourselves based off of our intentions and not based off of our actual fruit. And that's what God's saying here. Look at what's happening to you. What's happening? You planted much, harvest little. You eat, but you're not satisfied. You drink, but you're still thirsty. Nothing's working. Like every now and then, something happens. But isn't it true in God? Isn't heaven's reality that it works all the time? Like, am, am I just reading the Bible wrong? Or is he pretty much like... You know, things like this. But thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests who, who when leads us in triumph in Christ? Always. always. Yeah. See, I just read that stuff. I'm like, always means, you know. Y'all get it. That's what I think. But that's not how most, most church-going people in America live. They're like, well, you know, sometimes. God didn't say sometimes. He said, take Jesus by the hand and always, always. So that shows us if it's not always working, we're always having fruit. It shows us something's not working. And what he's saying is not working is our heart is off. We're building our own lives, but not the, not the kingdom of God. I've watched this in church. Listen, there is absolutely nothing wrong with the beach house, with a vacation house, with taking a, a lavish vacation. There's nothing wrong with that if God told you to do it and if he told you to go. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. He wants to do that. Actually, he tells us that over and over and over again. He wants you to have that stuff. But when that stuff is a priority over the kingdom of God, now we've got some stuff wrong. 
And I've watched it throughout the years where somebody, all of their effort for all of their good working years is to build themselves a retirement and have a retirement home. Right? To build a, a vacation house, a place at the beach, a place in the mountains where they can go to and then stop, they go to there on the weekend and don't go plant themselves in a church. Well, I worked hard to do it. Yeah, you worked hard. But God wasn't involved in it. And so, and I watch this, and all those years where they should have been productively advancing the kingdom of God, they're not even present. And their heart's not there, even if they are there, they're not there. They're more concerned about building that and buying the new car than they are the kingdom of God. And this is an issue, this is a problem. And this is what, this is what God's saying, look at the fruit. You know, I've got people, I, I watch over the years, I'll watch people, I'll watch them, I'll watch them. There's people that constantly will say, Pastor Brian's wrong, he, he's crazy about all this stuff. Meanwhile, our life just keeps going up. And it's been going up for years and years. It's been blessed and more blessed. We got fruit. We're seeing more souls saved in the body than we've ever seen before. More disciples being made. More power of God being released. We're seeing this time and 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 time again. And where's their life? Constantly at the doctor. Beat up. Beat down. No winning, always in defeat. Oh, oh, God, you know, I, and, and, but what's happening? They're judging intentions and they're judging what they think is right, but they're not paying attention to the actual fruit of the matter. The actual fruit. And that's what God's saying here. Have y'all seen something like that before? Yeah. He says, he says, look at what's happening to you. That's his, that's his plea with us to wake up to some things and quit acting like we got it together and actually get it together. Right? Amen. right? Amen. He says, now go up into the hills, bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. In other words, hey, let's put some, let's put some effort into this. Let's put some effort into building the kingdom. I watch believers today. I, I saw a major minister the other day, and he said, look, if you're not winning souls personally, you're not doing anything for the kingdom. I was like, yeesh. But he's right. That's the whole reason that we're here. We got churches filled up, and nobody's winning souls. Not this one. This one's thriving at it. Amen. Glory to God. I love it. You know, for those that don't know, during Pastor Appreciation Month, many times people say, Pastor, what do you want? I want you to win souls and make disciples. That's what I want. And, and so for Pastor Appreciation, y'all set out as a body to win souls. It was 175 in a month. 175 commitments to Christ in a month. That was one-on-one -on -one stuff. Glory to God. That gets me excited. Amen. That gets me excited. That's 175 people we'll get to see in heaven. They'll go, it was them. And hopefully they'll go, yeah. And it's because Pastor Brian wanted that more than money. Amen. What's our first priority? He says, go up and put some effort into it. I'm amazed at people that don't want to put effort into being a soul winner. Christians that are perfectly good to be impotent. They're perfectly fine with never winning a soul, never reproducing. For a king that saved their eternal life, that's a problem. That's a major, major problem in our heart. We are building a house, but it's not God's. Building a house of physical, fleshly comfort. He says, verse 9, you hoped for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you, brought, when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of Heaven's army, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. It's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. He said it's that heart that causes you to not have favor in your business. When you plant crops, they don't produce like they should. 
There's things that come. It's that heart. It's that heart that you are more concerned about yourself. Why are you planting the crops? Watch this. Are you planting the crops and are you doing business to build the kingdom? Or are you doing it so that you and yours can advance? That change right there causes things to cease if you don't make that change. But if you'll change it, and make the kingdom first, all of a sudden there's a supernatural promise that goes into work and a favor that goes into your business. That it's not about me looking after myself. I'm looking after the things of God. And, and I'll tell you, let me just tell you this though, from experience. That little change, it can be like you can be right there, but you're just not quite there. And then you make that little bit of heart change and all of a sudden things start working. Lord, I, and what does that take? In order to see that small change you need to make, what, what does it take in us? Humility. Humility. Now, I got a whole nother message. This is just the offering, so I hope you all are ready. This, this is just the offering. It's like he's been preaching for 30 minutes. No, this is offering. I'm just teaching. The kids are like, when are we going to go play in Super Kids? It, it then goes on to say this, the people obeyed the Lord and they started, they started making God's house their priority. Yeah. Now, go down into Haggai chapter 2 and look at, look at verse 20. When they made that change, something happened. Watch what happened. I want you to see what happened. Haggai chapter 2 and verse 20 on the same day, December 18th, the Lord sent this message, the second message to Haggai. Tell Zerubbabel, isn't that a fun name? Glory to God. Zerubbabel. I think he put that in there just for us. The governor of Judah, that I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth. If you know anything about the moving of the Spirit and the prophetic time that we're in, God is shaking the heavens and the earth right now. And he's not shaking it to shake you up because if you're in him, you won't be shaken. He's shaking the world up. He's shaking the world up. Brother Tracy has a video that he shows where they shake the harvest out of the, out of the pecan tree. And they get the big tractor and come up and they do the power takeoff. They take that tree trunk and all of a sudden they got to put a canopy over the driver because he's about to get pelted. And they go up to that, they go up to that, uh, I'm not going to do it with this because it'll be like, Undo, undo, undo. All right, and uh, all of a sudden, he, that tractor with the power takeoff backs up to that pecan tree, and it just shakes the mess out of it. <laughs> like that, and the pecans just start to fall. It sounds like a thunderstorm. I mean, hailstorm on top of a tin roof. And I mean, just thousands of pecans, the harvest. That's what God's doing with the earth right now. Right now. He, he's not shaking you if you're in Him. Yeah. If you're in Him and for His kingdom, you're not getting shaken. But He's shaking the mess out of the harvest and it's designed to land in the hands of the church for an abundance for every good work. If you know the prophetic timetable, we're in that right now. We're not waiting on it. We're in it now. Have you seen the last few years? It's being shaken up, y'all. Things that were hidden are coming to light. Wealth of the, of the sinner is coming into the hands of the just. It's being shaken. And there's a harvest coming right now. Okay. He's prophesying about it now. Look what he says about it. He's talking about if you get your heart right for the kingdom first, not just finances, but in every area, believe in God by faith. Believe in that it's always, every place taken by the hand, leading them to triumph. I'm not holding on to grief. I'm not holding on to discomfort. I'm moving into the joy of the Lord, right? I'm moving into the solution. He says, tell Zerubbabel, I'm about to shake the heavens and the earth. That just almost sounds southern to me. You tell him. You tell him, I'm about to shake it. I'm about to shake it. Just sounds like North Carolina, don't it? I'm about to shake it. You tell him. Watch this. I will overthrow royal thrones 
and destroy the power of foreign kingdoms. I will overturn their chariots and riders. The horses will fall and the riders will kill each other. The enemies of God will be overthrown. And I'm about to do it. When? When it starts getting shaken up. And this is not a God that don't know how to do it or hasn't done it before. Do you remember Egypt's armies? Overthrown. Tore up. Pulled the wheels off the chariot. This is our God. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. And He's made a promise. I want to be on the right side of this promise. I want to be on the right side of this promise. I don't want to be on the wrong side. I don't want to be the one shaken. I want to be the unshaken one. Anybody with me? Watch this. But Verse 23. But when this happens, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will honor you. And why is he honoring you? Because you changed your heart. You said, Lord, I'm putting your kingdom, what you're up to, what you're doing, how you're ministering to people and what's the word all throughout the week on the, on the YouTube channel. How you're about to plant a church over in Troy. How you are ministering to the world. How families in this body, in this local body, are being changed and empowered and growing up in the things of God every single day, every single month, year after year after year. Lord, I'm going to put that first. Not myself, not my... Not my uh, Basically, my retirement. I'm not putting that first. Lord, I'm putting you first in your kingdom. And now watch this. I'm not forgetting about your promise. I'm putting faith that you will draw these things to me. This is God's way. Now, it's backwards from worldly corrupted thinking, but it is right on in his way, and it works. Ask Brother Copeland. Ask many of you. Many of you are starting to step into these things. Watch what he says. But when this happens, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant. Watch this. I will make you, you, I want you to receive this for yourself right now. I will make you like a signet ring on my finger, says the Lord. For I have chosen you, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. He said, I will make you like the signet ring. In other words, whatever you pray, it'll just start to happen. Whatever favor you need, I'm just going to pour out favor. He said, I'll make your house like my house if you'll take the time to get your your heart right about how my house will be. As you have believed and sown, God is not mocked. That's how it will be to you. That's how it will be to you. One of the greatest testimonies that we ever received the other week, you guys, what a blessing. And when in, on the birthday, sowing that car into our lives. But literally, there was somebody watching online that knows about us, knows uh, Pastor Nicole and I, they know us. And, and they spoke and they said to each other, they said, they are simply receiving the harvest of what they have sown. They are simply receiving the harvest of what they have sown. And this is what it needs to be for you as well. That you have so much seed in the ground that started with an honorable heart towards the kingdom of God. That God can't not take notice. And all of a sudden, you, you you just think. And this has started happening over and over and over again. Lord, I just would like to have... And before I finish thinking it, it starts showing up at the door. I just like to have this. Why? Because you become like the signet ring. Your stuff isn't first. His stuff is first. That signet ring is an authority. It's saying, it shall be done. It's the authority of heaven. He says, He'll make you like that. He'll make you like that. I'm not telling you, all right, everybody go empty the bank account. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, empty your heart. That's more important than the bank account. You get your heart empty of all of its corrupted fleshly desires and let the Lord write it on your heart and God will take you to places. Oh, man. He will make you a sign and a wonder. Oh, glory to God. I just hear it right now. Word for you. God desires to make the people hearing this a sign and a wonder to an ungodly world. 
Lord, turn your people into a sign and a wonder in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. If you don't understand what just happened in that moment, as I spoke that, the Holy Spirit immediately wrote that on my spirit. This is what I want to happen. It was a prophetic word for whoever will receive that and say, that is mine. I receive a sign and a wonder in my life. I receive to be a sign for a world that needs you, a sign of God's goodness and His favor and His grace. He said, I desire for you to be a sign and a wonder to the world that needs Christ. God's calling you to it. He's calling you to it. He's calling you to it now. That you change your heart, turn your heart, and all of a sudden, and see, I'm not talking to low lowlifes in the kingdom of God. I'm not talking to low-level people. Your heart of hunger and humility and your heart to give, it's already flowing on the inside of you. This is a great body of Christ that I have the pleasure and honor of ministering to. I'm not talking about beginners, but I'm telling you, He wants to take you up. It's a year of glory we're heading into. And His glory is all of His goodness passing before. That's where He's taking you. You can take your, if you're new here and you don't have an envelope, even if you didn't come prepared to give, you, you don't have to at all. But we'll give you an envelope and you can start with that and kickstart your finances. And you can say, Lord, I want I to give that. If that's you, just hold it up right now. I know some of you have already given. But right now, just hold up your offering. Lord, today, I put your kingdom in your house first. I put your kingdom in your house first. And Father, I receive this word that was preached. I receive it now in the name of Jesus. Lord, as I give this offering, it's the beginning. It's the very real beginning. The very real beginning that my life starts right now to turn the corner to be a sign and a wonder. Even this, as I sow today, Lord, right now, I turn the corner of discomfort and pain, of grief and mourning, and I move into joy. I turn the corner from hopelessness to the fullness of hope. I turn the corner from thinking that I'll never be enough, my family's never been enough, to being the one that everything changes for. I turn the corner right now. Today, things change. Today, things change. Today! Shout it with me. Today! Glory to God. And when you sense the faith to give, you can bring that up. Father, right now, bring your blessing into manifestation right now. Lord, let it turn. Lord, we put your house first. No matter what we see, no matter what we feel, we put it first. We thank you for it. We praise you for it. Lord, let every sin, let every heart, not just money, Lord. Lord, let every heart change for your kingdom. Let it change today and let it never go back. Father, we praise you, we worship you, and we give you the glory. We give you the glory. And Father, we receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, just super kids... And super kid leaders, let me give you a heads up. I'm about to pray for people and we're done. But I'm going to take my time praying for people. And I'm going to hear the words that the Lord wants. If you want to seal these things or you need prayer today, I invite you to come up now. I invite you right now, come up. Lord, I want to seal these things. My heart is given to you. Right now, now listen. I know people wait till after the offering, offering to make an uh, exodus to the bathroom. Listen, this moment right here, don't exit this. Close your eyes, lift your hands right now. Just say, Lord, we receive from you. I want everybody to pray this from their heart. Today, Lord, I change my heart. I focus on you. And I'm going to build your house above my own. I seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. Jesus, You are the Lord of my life. You're the director. Whatever You tell me to do, I'll do.
And I believe that everything that could hold me back, my sin, my mess, I believe that God raised you from the dead. And everything that could have held Him down and held me down, He cut the chains. And that allowed them to get up. And I believe He is raised up. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, I'm born again. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm in the family of God. And I have an inheritance. And I receive your inheritance. Your empowerment. To be the light to a dark world. We're building your kingdom before ours. You'll build us. Holy Spirit, fill me. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost and fire in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father.